The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Mo'ed Katan Daftet. Today's daf has been dedicated by the Shehebar family in memory of their father and grandfather Gabriel ben Zakiya. Ruah Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied by the Nishmat Abraham ben Esther. Ruah Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden. Amen. We begin today's daf on Chet Mudbet, right on the bottom of the daf, last line, starting with the Metibe. Subject uh, of today's Gemara in the beginning is what we learned on yesterday's daf in Nusim Nashim Bamoed. We are not allowed, uh, one is not allowed to get married on the Moed, Nisuin. So we gave different reasons. Uh, one reason was because in Malibim Simhab Simhai, not to uh, intermingle two Simhot together. Another Pasuk, uh, based on the Pasuk, Besamahta, Behagecha, Velob Ishtecha, is supposed to primarily focus the Simhai on the holiday, not on the wife. Uh, other interpretations were because of the Torah, because of the uh, effort entailed in making a Sauda for the uh, Nisu'in. That would be considered a great exertion. Uh, because the person is going to delay getting married and wait until the holiday so he can have the Sa'udat Yom Tov slash Sa'udat Nisu'in, Sa'udat Simcha. So therefore, we don't want him to delay it to the Mu'id. That would be a uh, abstention of Priyav Ribiyah. So on this, the Gebra says, All these people that we said, that it's Asur to get married on the Mu'id, Mutarim Lisa Erev Aregel. You can get married on Erev Yom Tov. So the Gebra says, Kasha Lechulu. This is a kashya on all the opinions we just said above. Which means, how could you allow the person to get married at the end of Bottom line, he still has a week of simcha. So all the reasons that Lechawra apply of not getting married on Yom Tov should apply getting married at of Yom Tov. So the Gebra says, it's a kashya on all the reasons. Gebra says, not kashya. It's not a question. Quote the opinion that says the main simha, the primary one is the first day. Albeit you have Shema uh, Berachot, you have seven days of simha, but that, that's not considered intermingling uh, two simhaot. That's not the main simha. The simha we're concerned about is the first day. That's an Erev Aregel, so you got around that problem. The man that the opinion says it's Tirha, that what you're going to exert yourself in making a Sa'udah, and the main Sa'udah you're going to make is on the first day, the wedding. And the, the subsequent Sa'udah, you're not going to matriah so much, therefore there's no problem to get married. The man that the opinion that says that the issue is Piriyah Verebiah, which is you're going to delay it. Because of uh, to put it to the holiday, so for one day, literally, I'm reading the literal words first. For one day, a person is not going to be mashheh. What does that mean? So look at Rashi. Uh, second line: Nehad yomar lo mashheh inche kilomar kevan sheinu yachol latchid ela be'er edevaregel. Since he's going to know from the onset that he can only get married on edevaregel, en mamtini ma'adaregel. He's not going to wait until that day. Why? Because maybe something's going to happen that he's not going to be able to get married on that day. 
ולא מתחיל כל הרגל. And exactly able to get married on the regel itself. Which means, if you tell him that why you get married on the mu'id, I say, you know what? I'll delay it to the mu'id. He's got the whole mu'id to get married. So I'll delay it. But if you tell him you can only get married to of Aregel, a person who's planning on getting married earlier is not going to delay it to of Aregel. You know why? Because what happens is possible that something can happen on that day. If he misses of Aregel, then he knows he cannot get married the next week. So therefore, for one day, when you have a one-day window, he's not going to delay it. And therefore, you're not going to have a problem of bitul periyav as well. Had you noticed constantly you're not allowed to intermingle semachot together, which is we took it for granted on the Amud Bet of yesterday's daf that uh, that's a fact. We saw Tosfot, Tosfot actually quoted uh, the Pasuk Male Shivu Azot by Lavan that he told Yaakov Avinu, finish the week of semachot Le'ah and then I'll give you Le'achel. So that was his source uh, uh, for. Today the Gemara is going to bring a ayah from Shlomo Amelech. We know that when Shlomo Amelech inaugurated the Bayit Rishon, so he made a seven-day party for the inauguration. The party started on the eighth day of Tishri. So it was seven days inauguration, and then seven days of Sukkot. So went from 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Right? And then, starting on the 15th, they did the 7th day celebration of Sukkot. So the Gebrah is going to assume that the reason why they did it that way was, how come they didn't just make it on Sukkot? You know, do 7 days of Sukkot, slash 7 days of uh, Samhat uh, Hanukkah Bet HaMikdash. And because in Ma'arvim, Samha the Samha. And the logic is going to be is because it would make more sense to do it on Sukkot, because you don't want to be fatil da'am for melacha. How many days do you want to matriach on the people that can't go to work? Everybody they're not working seven days on Sukkot. So that's about three of them, another seven days for the inauguration. So logic would say, do it on uh, Sukkot. The fact, you see, they didn't do it on Sukkot. They did it seven days before Sukkot. So you see what? In Ma'arvim Simcha, B'Simcha. So they give us Dekhtiv, Vayas, Shilomo, Ba'etai, Etahag, Bechol Yisrael, Amok, Al Gadol, Menavo, Hamad, Ad Nahal, Mitzrayim, Nifnei Hashem, Eloheinu, Shiva'at Shemim, Shiva'at Shemim, Arba'asar, Yom. So all the Jewish people, from all of Israel, they came and they made an inauguration, seven days and seven days. Seven days inauguration, seven days Sukkot. Altogether, Arba'a Asar Yom. Ve'im i'ita devar yom sumha v'sumha. If you can tell me that you're allowed to, Ma'arif sumha v'sumha, Ib'ele l'mintar adachag, Umi'abad shiv'a l'hakha ul'hakha. They should have waited until the holiday, and do two sumahot, l'hakha ul'hakha, for the inauguration and for the... Sukkot, why would you want to do it that way again? Because Tosfot says, In order that you don't have too much between Melech and Lisi, in fact, they didn't do it that way. It's by design. Why? Because of in Ma'arvim Simcha, the Simcha. Prigabarat says, Vidilma Mintar Lo Natrinan. Maybe you're right. Maybe you cannot delay a Simcha purposely until. Let's say the holiday. However, but where it came out like that, you'll be able to do it. Which means, could be in the reason the Beit Hamikdash. I'll tell you really, it just it didn't work out that way. They finished the Beit Hamikdash seven days before, so you can't delay uh, until the holiday. But if let's say the wedding would come out on the Mu'ad, you could do it. All you see in the Beit Hamikdash is. Not in Ma'arvim Simcha v'Simcha, because they finished Ma'arvim Simcha seven days before. 
So you can't delay something that's finished and push it to the holiday. But maybe if it came out on that day, maybe it would be permissible. Because this day you have no proof. So the Gemara says, No, you do have a proof. Because they would have left something unfinished in the Bet HaMikdash. Which means they, they didn't have to finish it. They could have left it unfinished until the Mu'ad. And once the Mu'ad came, they could have finished it. Now they would be able to have a double Sabah. And the fact that they didn't do that, that shows you what? In Ma'alveen, Sabah is Sabah. So the Gibran says, no. Shiyure binyan bita mikdash lo meshayrinan. No, no, no. I tell you, 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 you cannot leave an area, the Bet HaMikdash, in the Binyan, unfinished. Which means, you have to follow the, the normal program. You cannot leave a, 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 a spot unfinished, and if you have no proof. Because I can really tell you, it's only because they finished it early. But if they would have finished it on the holiday, they would have made a double sum'ah. So you do have a proof. Why? If They should have mishayir part of the Binyan that's not, let's say, Necessarily considered the binyan of the Mikdash itself, but it's integral for the for, for, for the for the for the Beit Hamikdash. You, you cannot have a Hanukkah Beit Hamikdash without it. And what is that? The Amak Kalya Binyan on the Kalya Oriv on top of the Beit Hamikdash, that like an Amma area, and that area uh, which was over the Kodesh, <coughs> they would put spikes. According to one opinion, they would have like tiles that were an Amma by an Amma. And they put spikes on those tiles in order to scare away the ravens. Because the ravens used to sit on the Bet HaMikdash, on the, on the roof. And uh, they would uh, dirty the roof. So therefore there was a certain area called the Amma Kalya Orev. The Amma that they had over there to get rid of the ravens. So they could have, it's not necessarily Bet HaMikdash proper. So you have no problem with that. But you can't have the Bet HaMikdash without it seemingly. So therefore, let's delay it. And not build uh, the Amakal Ya'orev. And therefore, you do have a proof. Because of the fact that they did not, del- they didn't leave that piece to make it on the holiday. Why? Because Imahabim Sabah, Bismah. Because no Amakal Ya'orev, Sorech Binyan Abayatu. Even Amakal Ya'orev, although it's not, let's say, the Binyan proper, but it's Sorech Abayat. You need it for the Bet HaMikdash, you cannot put the Aron in the Kodesh Kodashim until you have the Amakal Ya'orev, you cannot make the Hanukh, and therefore, you have no proof of Shilom HaMelech. Because I can tell you, it's only because they finished it early. But had they finished it on the holiday, they would have made to Semachot. So the Gibran says, you're right, that is no proof. Ela kera. Really, we get it from an extra Pasuk. Mehdi. Ketiv arba'a asar yom. It says the pasuk that they celebrated for 14 days. Shiva'at yamim v'shiva'at yamim lamali. What does the pasuk have to say? Seven days? Seven days. To a subtotal of 14. That's extra. Shma'mina ha'nelechud v'hanelechud. The fact that it hasn't tell me seven days and seven days, it's coming to tell me they're separate. Those seven days and seven days are not able to intermingle. Why? Because in Ma'avim Sumhab is So the ultimate proof is what? Shiva'at Yamim, Shiva'at Yamim. Again, the Pasuk says already Arba Asar Yom. So I know it was a 14 day celebration. Shiva'at Yamim, Shiva'at Yamim tells me that each one is a separate entity, a separate Sumhab. Amar Abbanach, Amar Abyohanan, Otashana, 
Lo asu Yisrael et Yom Kippurim. That year the Jewish people, they didn't celebrate Kippur. They ate on Kippur. Because remember, these first seven days was on the 8th of Tishri. So 8, 9, 10. So on the 10th of Tishri is Kippur. They were involved in the celebration of the inauguration of the Bait Rishon. And they were worried. They were saying, They were worried, maybe they hayav. Maybe God is going to punish them for eating on Kippur. So a bad call came out and said, there's nothing to worry, that all of you are going to merit uh, So the Gemara says, What was their derasha to allow them to eat on Yom Kippur? What were they basing it on? Gemara says, My darush, Amru Kalvahomer. The Mishkan that they built that say in the Midbar. The Mishkan is not Kiddushat Olam. It was a temporary Kiddushat, which means there was a destruction of the Mishkan, and then the Bamot became permissible again. So that's not Kiddushat Olam. It's not a permanent Kiddushat. The Korban Yahid and the Nisi'in on the 12 days, the first 12 days of the inauguration of the Mishkan, the Nisi'in brought. Korbanot, that was a korban yachid. Doche Shabbat, the Isur Sekira. And their korban yachid was Doche Shabbat. Even though Shabbat is Isur Sekira. So again, the Mishkan is kedush, temporary Kedushah. You had a korban yachid, that was Doche Shabbat. Because in the first 12 days, obviously, you had a Shabbat. So one of the Shabbatim brought a korban on Shabbat. Oh, Mikdash. When it comes to the Beit HaMikdash, the Kedushato, Kedushat Olam. Right? The Kedushah of the Beit HaMikdash is permanent. Once the Beit HaMikdash was built, the Bamot never became permissible again. The Kedushah of Yerushalayim stayed. The Korban, Sibur, and what? When they inaugurated the Beit HaMikdash, it wasn't a private Korban. They brought Korbanot, Sibur, the Yom Kippurim, the Anosh Karet. And they brought it on Yom Kippur that's only punishable by karet, local chicken. Which is if they were able to be mehalil Shabbat in the Mishkan, which is a uh, temporary kiddushah for a korban yahid, they brought the korbanot, which is hayat sekinah, which is the most stringent. Certainly in the Beta Mikdash, which is kiddushah olam. And they were bringing korbanot, sibur. Certainly they were able to be mehalil, the kippur, which is only isur, karet. Oh, so if they have a good kalvachomer, the Gemara then asks, Ela amaya yu doagim. So why were they worried? I mean, that, that's good kalvachomer. It says, Hatam tzorich gavoa, hachat tzorich idiot. He's over there. We can understand in the, bit, in the Mishkan why they brought the Korban. The Korban is tzorich gavoa. He says, you want to be mehalel Shabbat, but if it's for tzorich gavoa, it's a Korban. Here it was tzorich idiot. They were eating. Which means you want to tell me, uh, okay, you want to bring korbanot, that's all for God. So maybe you can be mehalil. Here they don't only bring the korban on Kippur. They ate. And therefore that's considered uh, personal. So therefore they were concerned that maybe the kalvachomet is not, uh, you know, only allows you to, uh, to bring the korban. But they were eating already, so they were doeg. So Gibran says, nishtu. <laughs> So they, they should have done that. They should have just brought the Qurban, meaning Qurban Sibur al Kippur, but don't eat. Why, why, why did they go the next step to eat? Gemara says, In Simcha, Belo Achila Ushtiya. 
Because the real, you were supposed to be sameach during these days. The real simcha could only be with akhilashtiyah. So therefore they had no choice but to eat and to drink. So therefore they would do'eg that maybe really the kavahom is not uh, not going to matir, but they had no choice to eat and to drink. Because there's no simcha without eating and drinking. Now to understand the shekla v'tariyah is gemara in a clear way, there's a beautiful interpretation of the... Uh, I'd like to read it. It says like this. Shepashut. Shayu hayavim lesmo b'chanukat abayit. That goes without saying. Chanukat abayit during the inauguration you have to have some up. Kevad shekol etzim binyan bet ha-mikdash hu kedel la-shrot shekhinah b'Yisrael. What's the purpose of bet ha-mikdash? To bring down the shekhinah. Ve'alo ena shekhinah shulem etok ha-tzmut. If there's depression... There's no there's no shekhinah. Now it had to reach a little level of subha. It had to be so intense that it would be able to bring down Hashanah Shekhinah. Since through the physical eating the physical eating has to really bring you down to the level of, bring you up to the level of Hashanah Shekhinah. It's not so simple. That physical eating can do such a thing. The eating had to be with great kabbana without any other intent. They were concerned. Which means, in the Mishkan, the Kodesi'im, they were Korbanot. There's no eating. They didn't eat it. The Mizbayah ate it. So there was nothing worse. That's Sore Gavoa. Here they're concerned was it's Sore Chidyot. That they themselves involved themselves in physically eating. Tadat Gemara says, what are eating and drinking at all? You just let them bring the korban. Because there's no sumcha without eating and drinking. That's considered sore gavoa. So that was a concern. They were worried that we have to eat. That's not a she'ila. But they're worried that maybe the eating was not done l'shem shamayim 100%. And if it's not done l'shem shamayim, they're going to have a, uh, a problem. They're going to be hayav. Oh, and then he says very good. He says later on the Gebarah is going to say that Boreal forgave them. How do you know Boreal forgave them for what they did? So he says, Umitba'ir that's the mehla they need because they held that maybe they didn't eat which means you'll go to which means either don't worry you ate l'shem shamayim or even though you didn't eat l'shem shamayim 
you're mahul. We're going to forgive you anyway. That's the that's the sheklavet tariya in the Gemara. They had to. That wasn't a, a question. They knew that to reach the levels of kedusha, it's got to come through achila. They just uh, held it. Maybe that leadership shabbat. So they would do egg. They had the proper kavahomid uh, in in Sevara, between from the Mishkan to Yom Kippur. If you can be do Shabbat, which can be do Kippur, it's not an option just to be do Kippur with the korban. Uh, you need to have the sumha, and the sumha can only come to achila. But what? This is sort of kajot. This is a physical uh, gufani item. And if it's gufani, you might not be doing it the right way. Oh, so Gibra says they would do Agiva. Voice came out and said, You're mahul. Even if you didn't do it in Shimshah 100%, or maybe you did do it in Shimshah, I mean, that's why everything's okay. So comes to Gibra and says, Umishkan did the Heshabat Minalan. So Gibra asks, How do you know in the Mishkan the Qurban Yahid was the Heshabat? Well, you'll say it's obvious. They brought the Qurban the first 12 days of. Nisan. In the first 12 days, you're going to have a Shabbat. So the Gebran says, Maybe you'll tell because when, it's re- when you read the Quran of the Nisi'im, on the first day it says, Bayom Harishon. So we assume Bayom Harishon, let's say that's Sunday. When it says, Bayom Hashivi'i, Bayom Hashivi'i is Shabbat. So clearly have a puzzle. Bayom Hashivi'i, they brought the Quran, Yahid, on Shabbat. You see the Mishkan. So the korban of the sim is the Shabbat. Kibbutz says, "Vedil ma shivri le korbanot." Maybe it's not the seventh day of the week. Maybe it means the seventh person that brought the korban, and they skip Shabbat. So you have no raya by Yom Hashivri. It's the seventh from the korbanot, not the day of the week. Amar of Nachman by Yitzchak Amar Kera, biyom ashtei asar yom. On the eleventh day, it says biyom ashtei asar yom. There's a double yom over here. On the day of the eleventh day, Ma, so from the fact that it says Yom Yom twice, we learn like this: Ma Yom Kolod Atzuf Af Ashter Asar Kolad Netzufin. Just like a Yom is consecutive, a day doesn't go out of order. Could a day skip an hour? Of course not. A day goes in order. Just like a day goes in order consecutively, so to the first eleven days were consecutive. You didn't skip a day. That means there had to be a. Shabbat in there. So that's how you know they were Duhaya Shabbat. Maybe when it says Yom, it means, yeah, they didn't skip a day from the days where that word Ha'ui. Which means they went, let's say, Sunday to Friday, they skipped Shabbat, and the next available day is Sunday. They didn't skip Sunday. Which is, could be it's Yamim Nui, it was consecutive to all the days that were possible. To bring, who told you it's consecutive without skipping a day? So Gibran says, Ketiv kira harina. And we have another pasuk. Beyom shenem asar yom. And when it comes to the twelfth day, it also repeats the word yom twice. Beyom shenem asar yom. So Gibran says, Ma yom kolor atzuf, av shenem asar yom kulam retzufim. Well again, just like a yom is consecutive, so to the first twelve days were consecutive. Okay, but that's the same question. Maybe it means no. Consecutive meaning the days that are ra'ui, the days that are uh, able. The fact that it says yom yom twice, yom asar yom, yom asar yom, it's coming to teach me it's not available days. It means. Consecutive days, including Shabbat. the Shabbat. That's how you know they would do the Shabbat at the time of the Mishkan to bring the Qurban Nisim. Somebody asked, the answer is Yom Yom twice. 
Now, how do you know in the Beit HaMikdash it was Duhe Kippur? So you'll tell me, what do you mean? We know that they were Duhay Kippur because it says in the Pasuk, Arba'asar Yom, it was 14 days. Now it's 14 days, and you started from a little before Kippur, it's going to go through Kippur. So the Gebarah says, Vidilma Yamima Reuim. I can tell you the same thing. Maybe it's 14 days that were Raui. And they skipped Kippur because Kippur is not Raui, and altogether it was 14 days without Kippur. Gemara says, Gemar Yom Yom Me'atam. Again, we have a Gizra Shava. It says by the Kippur, it says by Hanukkah Mekdash, Arba'asar Yom. And what does it say by the Mishkan? Yom Ashte Asar Yom. And we know by the Mishkan, it was consecutive days without missing a day. So to buy the Beit HaMikdash, it's consecutive days without missing a day. And Kippur was one of those days. Therefore, we know that they were Dohe Kippur. Huh? So heavenly voice came out and said, you all uh, invited, prepared actually for How do you know that God forgave them? That was Shemini Atzeret, after Sukkot, Shalach Ta'am, Shalomot sent the people home, and they blessed the king, Shalomo. They went home happy and good-hearted. And all the good that God did to David, Avdot, David is serving on Israel, Ammo. So the Gemara now is going to explain exactly what this Pasuk means. What does it mean they went back to their tents? As we learned on yesterday's daf, oil, or the day, the day before, oil is what? Ishto. Shuvu lachem, lachem. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu tells me, go back to your tents. The tent is the wife. So they went back to their tents, meaning everybody that went home, their wife was Tahor, Tehorah. Simehim, they were happy. Shinehinu meziv ashikhina. The Simha came from the fact that they enjoyed the radiance of the Shekhinah. Like the Pasuk says, Sova semahot et panecha. Which means a person has Simha when he uh, enjoys the radiance of the Shekhinah. Vetovelev, and they were good hearted. Shekolehad vehad net abbera ishto beben zakhar. That year, every uh, lady. Gave birth to a baby boy. How do you know that Vetovei lived? Because the Pasuk Zalom Moshe Rabbeinu was born, it says that they saw Kitovu. Kitovu was good, and that's a baby boy, it's Moshe. So Kitovu represents a boy, and then all the people that year, the woman, they gave birth to baby boys. Al kol tova on all the good, Shiyatsta bat kol ve'amra lahem, kolichem zumanim lechaye ha'olam abba. What's the ultimate good in the world? Olam abba. That's the, the, the best good. So I'll call it Tovah. We see that what? They even enjoyed the ultimate good. Which is they were guaranteed a chalik. That means they're going to go straight to Olam Abba. That means they're not going to have to go through uh, Gehinnam or Yisurin. It's a direct... Le David Abdo. For David, the servant of God. Ul Yisrael Ammo. Well... We understand what the Simha was for Yisrael Because they were forgiven for the sin of eating on Yom Kippur That we understand what he means Yisrael Ammo What do you mean it was a happiness for David? David wasn't even alive So what do you mean for, for David? 
Amar biuda mara bishash because Shlomo lechnis Aaron the Mikdash when the Shlomo men want to bring the Aaron into the Mikdash, davku sharim zelaze. The gates of the Beit Mikdash they were sealed shut. The gates were not open. Amar Shlomo esrim varbad edanot. So the Shlomo men prayed twenty four different prayers. Velo neaina, but he was not answered. Patach veamar. So then he said, seu sharim lashikim. Open gates. Velo neaina. Kevan Shamar, once he said, Hashem Elohim, Al Tashem Pene Meshichaycha, Zuchra Lehazde David Abdecha. Remember the Hasadim of David. Miyad Nehna. All of a sudden, immediately he was answered and the gates opened. Beotashaa, Nepechu Pene Sune David Keshune Kedera. All the enemies of David, Shimei ben Gerad, the family of Shaul, all his antagonists, their face turned black like the bottom of a pot that's on a fire. Which means they were all embarrassed. At that point they realized that Kadosh Baruch Hu forgave David for that sin. What sin? The sin of Bathsheba. You see, after David Melech did, uh, this, uh, was involved with the episode with Bathsheba, so of course it was not a sin But the people They came along and said It was a sin And the, the proof was That's what David Amelik cannot build the Beit HaMikdash So they used the fact that David Amelik cannot build the Beit HaMikdash As an indication that really the sin of Bathsheba was There's discredit So now what happened And they would say that They would say that over and over again All the cynics Now when it came to build the Beit HaMikdash Shidomo cannot get the doors open Until what? Until he mentioned David Amelik's name so you see what? That exonerated David Amelech. Now all his enemies, they couldn't say anything. Jesus, Adrabah, if David Amelech was really what you think, mentioning his name would not uh, open the gates to the Beit HaMikdash, at that point over there they realized that indeed, that David Amelech was really innocent. And this is what David Amelech prophesies in his Tehilim, in Tehilim Lamed, when he says, Mizmor le David, Aromimcha Adonai kidlitani, velo simachta oyebai li. Now this pasuk was written Legabe Hanukat HaMizbeya We say this was more on Hanukkah Because it's also the Hanukkah of the Hanukkah Beit HaMikdash Hanukkah HaMikdash Hanukkah HaBayit Mizmor David, right? Mizmor Hanukkah Bayit, which means the Hanukkah Bayit. What did David have to do with Hanukkah Bayit? He wasn't even there. How could he write a pasuk? And the explanation is he was prophesied that he's going to become vindicated at the time of the Hanukkah Bayit. How? From the doors. Which means from the doors, you brought my salvation from the doors of the Beit HaMikdash by opening up when my son mentioned my name. And you did not allow my enemies to rejoice in my sin. These two rabbis, he descended from converts. Tanu parashat nedarim. They learned masechet nedarim. Ber bishimon ben Yochai. They studied masechet nedarim in the Beit Midrash of the bishimon ben Yochai. Eftur mina omine beurta. They finished learning. Now they're going back home. So the derechet it says they go to their rabbi before they're leaving and they ask permission to leave. So they went to them at night. They said they were going back home. Let's the next morning. Adur vekam iftere mine. They went back to the Bishma Minyohai and again asked them permission to go back home. 
Didn't you come last night to me? Maybe she was your eyes asking, what, what, what are you doing? You came to me already last night. You taught us, You taught us that if a student already gets permission to leave, but ends up staying overnight, he's got to come back. So we stayed overnight, and therefore we have to come back and get permission again. Shnei Amar, what's the proof? Bayom Hashemini Shalach Etam Vayvarechu Etamelech. It says on the twenty-second of Tishri, which is Shemini Alfedet, the people got permission from Shlomo Amelech to go home. Uchtiv, and then what does it say? Ubayom Eshlim Ushtoshalach Odesh Hashemiyi Shalach Etam. He sent them on the twenty-third. Well, I thought already they got permission on the 22nd. Why do they have to again send them on the 23rd if already he gave them permission on the 22nd to go? So here you see what? They got permission on the 22nd, but they didn't leave, they stayed. So once they stayed overnight, they had to get permission again the next day. So the question is, if Rabbi Shalom and Yochai taught his students this, so what is he asking? Hey, what are you doing? What do you mean, Rabbi? You taught us. The simple interpretation is he's testing them. He wants to see if they remember the uh, the source, the halakha. Another interpretation is like this. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, he held that what? That that's only talking about when it's two separate days. Which means in the case of Shiloh Amalek, it was on the 22nd. Correct? And then they stayed overnight. That's already another day. So when you stay overnight in another day, then you got to get permission from the rabbi again. That's why they got to get permission on the 23rd of Tishri. However, in this case over here, they already went by night to him. The next morning. Next morning is the same day. So the was saying, this already, what are you doing? Said, no, no, you taught us. So they held, they understood the dirash of the Bishra and Yochai. It doesn't matter if it's two separate days or the same night like in this case. So that was the back and forth between the... Uh, so the Gemara says, From here we learn that a Talmud that's leaving his rabbi, and ends up sleeping overnight, he has to get permission another time. So when the Bishmon and Yochai saw this situation, he told his son, Who is the Bishmon and Yochai's son? Rabbi Al-Azhar. Adam Alalu Anashim Shil Surahim. These people over here are men of stature. Which means, So I want you to go to them and get, get a beracha. So the question is, why didn't Rabbi Shalom and Yohai tell his son to go get a beracha the first night? Which means when they said we're leaving, he didn't tell his son to go get a beracha. They came back the next day. So he says, my son, these are men of stature. When all of a sudden they became men of stature, the night before they were men of stature. So the explanation is, because he saw, of course he knew they were Talmud Yachamim. He learned Masih and Adarim with them. Obviously he knew that they were great scholars. But now he saw that they had Talmud Torah and Derich Now he saw that they were following the proper Kavot Talmud Yachamim, the proper Nimus. So he says, if they just have Chokmah, it's not enough to have Chokmah. To go, the Bishwam in your height to let his son go get a Barakah just so many Tamil Hakam wasn't enough. But once he saw that they had such Derek Eretz, that they came to his permission. Well, that's the Deen. And they, was, they were Makbid. They slept overnight, they came back. 
since they followed the proper formalities of Derech Eretz, then the Bishra'ah was impressed. He said, these are men of Surah over here. Now ready, go get a Berachah, because there's Torah in Derech Eretz. Azal, so, Rabbi Azar went. Ashkehinu deka ramu kira'e ahadadeh. He saw the rabbis, Rabbi Yudab ben Gerim, and the Bishim, Rabbi Yudab ben Asma'i, they were learning, and they were bringing a contradiction in Pesukim. Ketiv, one Pesuk says, Pales ma'gal raglecha, weigh, or measure, pales ma'gal raglecha, your, your steps, your, 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 your footsteps, your, your legs, and all of your paths will be established. Now what is this referring to this pasuk? You have to weigh. What are you weighing over here? When you have two mitzvot that are in front of you. You have a mitzvah gedolah and you have a mitzvah ketana. So the pasuk Shilomah is saying, you got to measure. Don't do any mitzvah. If you, have to, if you can do one mitzvah, do the bigger mitzvah over the smaller mitzvah. Pales. Pales means you got you to gotta measure, you got to weigh. Another person says, Ketuchtiv, Ora Hayim Pentefales. When it comes to the path of life, you don't measure. Meaning, whatever mitzvah comes to you, you do. Whether it's a Gedolah or Ketanah, it's a Stira. So the Gemara says, Lakashya. Kam be mitzvah she'evshal asota al yede ahirim. Kam be mitzvah she'evshal asota al yede ahirim. Which means, if it's a mitzvah that other people could do, there's other people around, so then you, then, then you wait. You take for yourself the bigger mitzvah, and let the smaller mitzvah be done by somebody else. That's what it means when it says that what palis you should measure. However, if there's nobody else that can do the mitzvah, so therefore you do that mitzvah. You take the smaller mitzvah. That's the mitzvah you have to take. Rashi, if there's that nobody else can do, don't start weighing. Reason said, the mitzvah comes to you, you have to, you have no choice uh, but to do it. You don't start saying, well, uh, if the hadush over here is, even if, let's say, you're involved in a bigger mitzvah. For example, you're sitting and learning Torah. That's an example. So you're studying Torah, so now a small mitzvah comes to you, and nobody else can do that mitzvah. So don't say, well, listen, I'm studying Torah. No, in that case over there, pentefalis, put your scale away. You don't start measuring. Go do the smaller mitzvah and, uh, and finish. Pentefalis is not to measure. But if somebody else is able to do the mitzvah, for sure you take for yourself the bigger mitzvah. Like the Gemara now says, Gemara says, Hadur They were sitting another time. They were asking a question to themselves. Keti, one person says, Yekarai. The Torah is more precious than pearls. She's all your uh, personal needs do not equal to the Torah. She's the Torah overrides all your personal needs. Now, your personal needs don't equal to the Torah. But God's needs, meaning the mitzvot, are equal, equivalent to the Torah, which is mashma that the Torah is equal to every other mitzvah. Which means if you're learning Torah, and there's another mitzvah that comes up, you stop learning and you go do the mitzvah. Because Hafsir uh, Shamaim is, uh, for your personal needs, you don't stop Torah. But for Hafsir Shamaim, it sounds like, you could stop Torah. Uchtiv, but we have another pasuk that says, Kol hafatsin lo yishvuba. All needs do not equate to the Torah. Da'afinu hafsir shamaim lo yishvuba. 
meaning even mitzvot do not equate to the Torah. Because if you're learning, and there's a mitzvah, pay no attention to the mitzvah. Keep on learning. That's the make of your mind. Is the Torah greater than Hafsir Shammai? Or does Hafsir Shammai override Torah? So the Gabbara says, Kam be mitzvah sheyef shalach asutah yedeh ahirim. Kam be mitzvah sheyef shalach asutah yedeh ahirim. It depends. If the mitzvah can be done by somebody else, then already, kol hafatzecha lo yeshuvah, which means kol hafatzim lo yeshuvah. Even the needs of the mitzvot do not equate to the Torah. Let somebody else do the mitzvah. You're learning. However, if nobody else can do the mitzvah, then already, yeah, hafatzecha lo yeshuvah, but hafatzecha shamayim, yeah. If you're, if you're learning, there's a mitzvah not to be done. Nobody else can do the mitzvah, you close the sefer and you go do the mitzvah. So it depends if you have shalah sotah yedeh arim or not. So look at the tapto's foot. Asiyat mitzvah adif. When it comes to doing the mitzvah, that's adif. Shareem, mafsikin, afilu, l'rabishwam min yuhayid, l'asut sukkah, afilu lafki, l'abirushalmi. We see in the Yerushalmi that Rabbi Shalom and Yochai, that was Torah to Umar Uto, that's all he did was learn. But still when it came to Sukkot, he stopped to shake the Lulav. That's Mitzvah Ishi, if Shalom Sutai, we can't have a Shaliyah shake the Lulav for you. He went and built the Sukkah. Abad b'hafsakadit filah v'kiriyat shema, in mafsikim that Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. But even Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, when it comes to learn, mean kiriyat shema, or tefilah, if a person's Torah to Umar Uto, he does not have to stop. It's only for other types of mitzvot, but not for Kiryat Shema Tefillah. Ubirushalmi, Exactly, which means Kiryat Shema is learning. It's Shinun. A person who is Kiryat Shema, that's the Torah. So the Mishra Mamma is learning already. So you're not going to basik one learning for another type of learning. So therefore, what the Swiss trying to say is that although. You mevatel your Torah for a mitzvah, but somebody's Torah to umanuto, even he will be mevatel his Torah for a mitzvah, but it's not for a mitzvah of shenino, like shkriyat uh, shema. So comes the Gemara and says, and what's the logic, by the way, for this? Why we mevatel Torah for a mitzvah? Because the whole purpose of learning is to fulfill. Person's learning Torah is not theoretical. You're learning al-menat la'asot. So now you have an opportunity la'asot. You say, I'm learning? That's the purpose of the limur. It has to mevili de ma'aseh. So if it doesn't bring li de ma'aseh, so therefore, then that's not the learning. So therefore you have to be batel. But if it's ifshal la'asot ha'idea ha'idim, so then you're doing a big mitzvah. Then already take out the scale again. Then you already start weighing. I'm doing a big mitzvah learning. And therefore, it's uh, it's okay. Comes again with now. So that's what they were doing when they went to get the berachah. The Bir Azar came to get a better help of these rabbis. He saw them involved in this limud. Uh, so now what happens? Amrule. So now they see him. My ba'itacha. They said, what are you doing over here? Amar lehu, de amar li abba. My father said, zil gabayu delibruch. So we should come to you, I should come to you to get a beracha. So they turn to Rabbi Al-Azhar, the son of Rabbi Shalom in Yochai, and they say the following, This year you should plant, well not this year, but generally you should plant, but you should not reap. You should enter, you should not go out. You should go out, Velo ta'il, it should not go in. Lehruv betach, your house should be destroyed. Vinituv uspizach, but your inn 
your temporary residence should be settled. Lebalbel petorach. There should be confusion on your table. And you should not see a new year. Look at Rashi. You should bring in and not bring out. Tipuk, bring out and not bring in. It's much that he was telling them regarding business. You should bring in merchandise. You'll bring in merchandise, but you won't be able to get rid of the merchandise. And the opposite is also. Which means you're going to buy merchandise in another place, and they're never going to deliver it to you. Which means you're going to send out, but they're never going to bring in. So when they heard this Beracha uh, over here, they didn't understand it, obviously. They went back to their father. went back to the Bishop Yochai. So he tells his father, It's not enough that they didn't bless us, bless me. They, they caused me tsar. Which means, he didn't say that they cursed me, because he knew they weren't, the rabbis weren't going to curse him. But the tsar over here was, they gave me a type of beracha. I don't understand what, they, what, he, what he's saying. So, what did they tell you? It says, such and such. Amrudi, they said to me, says, You have to know that all this that they told you is indeed a beracha. You're going to plant, but you're not going to reap, which means, You're going to plant, but you're never going to reap. Cut, they're never, never going to be cut, which means your children are not going to die. Te'ayil velotipuk. You're going to enter, you're going to bring in, but you're not going to bring out. Te'ayil kalata. You're going to bring in daughters-in-law. Which means you're going to marry off your children. Normally the daughters-in-law, they move in to the to the Hatan side. So therefore you're going to bring the kala into the, the house. Velo limutu benach. And your children are not going to die. Delifkun. That they're going to leave. Because if, the, if their sons die, then the girl goes back. To the parents' house. So therefore, he's saying that what? You'll bring in, but not send out. You'll bring in daughters-in-law, and not send them out. Tipuk, you will send out. Velo ta'il, which means tolid binta. You're going to have daughters. Velo yamutu gubrayu, which is you're going to marry off your daughters. And what? Their husbands are not going to die. Velehderu levatich. And therefore, they come back to you. Which means you're going to send out. She's your daughters are going to send out. You send out the daughter, they go to the husband. But if the husbands die, the daughter comes back. So you're going to send your daughters out, and they're not going to come back. Your house should be destroyed, and your inn should be settled. This world, is ushpizach. It's temporary. But we're saying you should have settlement in this world. Meaning you should have long life in your Ushpiza. Ushpiza is a temporary uh, 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 abode. There you should be settled. You should have a long life. The grave is called a house. Like the Pasuk says, Literally the Pasuk means that people imagine that their homes are going to last forever. Kirbam batemo, they think the homes are going to last forever. Altikre kirbam, don't read it kirbam, ela kibram, which means kivram batemo le'olam. What's a person's permanent home? 
It's a kibbeh. That's where he lives. Uh, lives. That's where he rests forever. So therefore, what the rabbi was saying, your home should be destroyed. Meaning, you shouldn't know from your kibbeh. You shouldn't go to the kibbeh so fast. Your kibbeh, which is you're considered your house, your ultimate house, should be destroyed. Meaning, live long life in this world, and don't go to the kibbeh so fast. Lebalbel petorach. You should have confusion on your table. Bibne ubinta. With a lot of children. There should be noise on the table. Uh, the boys and the girls making uh, making a lot of noise around your table. It's beracha. Velo You should not see a new year. Velo tamut intach. That your wife should not die. Velo tinsav intetach harit. And you have to marry another wife. Because the Torah says the first year of marriage is shanari shona. You have to have simcha. You should not see a new year of Subha, which means you should have uh, your wife and not need a new year of Subha with a new wife. So the question then is, why didn't these rabbis give a more explicit berakha? You know, why did they have to give such a berakha in such, a, such an odd way? And then the Bishra'un Yohai has to interpret it. So the explanation, Brother Mephashim, the Ain Yaakov explains over here like this. These rabbis obviously were humble. You have to remember who's coming to get a beracha. The son of Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai is the, the Gadol Ador, the greatest rabbi. So now what? They're going to give a, a beracha to, to Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai's son? It felt unworthy. So they said like this. They'll give a cryptic beracha that he cannot understand. And what? He'll be forced to go back to Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. And now the beracha is going to really come from Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. Because he's interpreting it. So therefore, they, they, they just said words that Rabbi Shalom and Yochai had to interpret. So now really Rabbi Shalom and Yochai gave his children the beracha. So that was their inyan of humility. And that's exactly, it's consistent with what we said before. There was Anshay Surah. These people were men of stature. Rabbi Shalom and Yochai said, these men have their chedits. They came back, they asked permission. And you see, even the way they gave the beracha, they gave it ba'anava, they gave it in a humble manner. Rabbi Shalom bin Halafta. Iftar mine derav, which means the Bishmon bin Halafta, he was leaving from Rav. He was learning with Rav. He left. Amar le, so he said to his son, Zil legabe, go to the Bishmon, delibrechach, go to the Bishmon in order to get a beracha. Amar le, so where does the Bishmon tell the son of Rav? That you should not embarrass anybody Because if you embarrass somebody It's eventually going to cause you to become embarrassed It's a benachah that's dependent on each other Do not embarrass in order That you should not be embarrassed That's the way that she interprets so he came back to his father. What did he tell you? He told me stam words. What did he tell me? Such a beracha. Don't embarrass you. You don't get embarrassed. He wasn't impressed by the beracha. He gave you a blessing that Akadosh Baruch gave B'nai Yisrael V'tanaba. And he repeated it. Dekhtiv. Ba'achaltem achol v'savowad, you'll eat and be satiated. Ve'lalteem, and you'll praise God, ve'lo yiboshu, amir le'olam, v'idatem ki bekerib yisrael ani, ve'lo yiboshu, amir le'olam. Twice, b'nei olam, bless b'nei yisrael, ve'lo yiboshu, which means, you will not embarrass, and you will not be embarrassed. Says, don't take it lightly. 
Does the Berakah Kadosh Baruch Hu again Bnei Israel? And therefore, it must be a significant Berakah. Comes the Gemara continues. We learned in the Mishnah that on Chol Moed, it's permissible for a lady to make her cosmetics, meaning to put on makeup. So the Gemara says, Tanur Banan Eloheh Tachshitei Nashim. The following items are considered Tachshitei Nashim. Kohelit. Okay, let's go one at a time. What is kohelit? So that is putting on the mascara. Means that they put that she says notirit kol ben aneha. She she puts the, uh, the the paint, the black paint between her eyes. Kedushet domot naim in order to make it look nice. Okay. Upokeset. Now she learns pokeset mehaleket seara lekano lekat. She parts her hair. And a certain type of hairdo. Tosfot has a different interpretation over here. Tosfot learns pokeset is braiding. He quotes from Rashi in Ketubot as braiding the hair. And others explain pokeset means they would put like a certain, um, like a dough on their face in order to make their face red. So either way, it's either braiding the hair, it's either parting the hair, or making their face red with uh, this batsik they put on in order to bring out a redness. Umavira, and she could put, let's just get the hagao here, serak alpanea. Serak also is like a uh, red uh, makeup on her face. So she says, Samiachai Kedishitre Aduma. Like a rouge, you might call that, where they put on the face to make it red. Vikad Amri, and some say, Ma'averet Srak al Panea Shil And some say that you would put this, uh, 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 actually, a knife, which means uh, a razor, that she says, Kedilla Avir Sa'ar Shil Mata. Or a certain Sam, I should say, depilatory, in order to remove the bodily hair. All the body, even in the private areas, that's what it's talking about to make herself uh, 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 appealing. So that's mutar all on chola moed. It's permissible for the lady to do all these types of uh, makeups, which is, you might argue and say maybe the rabbi just like to make a gizera against taking haircuts. What's the reason why they made a gizera taking haircuts? Because if you're not going to take a haircut, if you're going to allow you to take a haircut on chola moed, you might wait until chola moed. You might enter the holiday. Minuval, and therefore they said, you know what, you can't take on the on the to force you to go before. So say the same thing. Maybe we don't want the ladies to take uh, put on makeup because they might go into the holiday minuvalin. That's not so because we know the ladies for sure. This is the item they do every day, and therefore if you if you if you if you can allow them, they're not going to wait until Allah Mu'ayyad. They're going to they're going to put on their makeup anyway before the holiday because this is something the ladies are very careful about. So there's no reason to make a gezera. Debitu de Rav Hazda, the wife of Rav Hazda, mekashta be'anpe kalata. She put on makeup in front of her daughter-in-law. That already shows she was old. She already had a daughter-in-law. Yativ Ravuna berhanena kamed Rav Hazda. So one day Ravuna was sitting in front of Rav Hazda. Yativ kaman and he said, Lo shanu ela yalda. Wait, that which we said you could put on makeup. Who could put on makeup? Only a young girl. The young girls, they get some how and they make themselves beautiful. But an older lady, no. See, what Abuna was trying to say is, your wife has no eter to put on makeup. Which is, your wife is a zikina, and therefore this is not for them. This doesn't bring some how to a zikina. The only reason why we make it is on a yalda. So the Rabbi Hazda says, Elohim, he swore, Afilu imach, vafilu imad imach. 
says even your mother could put on the makeup, and even your mother's mother, your grandmother. And even she's standing on her grave, which is even if she's about to die, she could also. Which means it doesn't matter how old you are. Every lady enjoys to put on makeup, and therefore it's not only on the yalda. The Amri Inchikos is a saying, Bat Shitin, a lady that's 60 years old, Kebat Shit, is like a 6 year old, Lekal Tabla. When she hears the tabla, that's the bells at a wedding, Rahata, she runs. She's just like a six-year-old, you hear the, 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 the music at a wedding, she gets excited. A 60-year-old runs just as fast at a wedding to hear the music. And similarly, as she says, when it comes to makeup, a six-year-old and a 60-year-old, they're just as excited to put on their makeup. And therefore, he was talking about, now you're wrong. It's not only like a bear, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the young ones, the yaldot. It's even like a bear, the zekenot. Comes the Gemara continues. Rabbi Yudha said, a lady on Chola Mo'ed should not put on the, the pillatory, the lime, in order to take off her hair. Tanya Rabbi Yudha said, Isha lo tasub apneh shinivun hula. What's nivun hula? It's mitsa'irit. When you put this lime on, it causes her tsa'ar. So we don't want the tsa'ar to be on Chola Mo'ed. But there's a certain type of limestone that's temporary. You put it on the Mu'id, but you can take it off also. You don't have to leave it on the whole holiday. So therefore, on that type of limestone, you can peel off on the Mu'id itself. You could paste it on Mu'id. Even though now she's in pain. But it's going to bring us Simcha eventually, which means on the holiday itself she's going to be Sameach. She would put it on. It's temporary. So she's in pain when it's on. But you know what? Take it off. Now she's happy. So he's holding a, a type of Tsa'ar on Chola Mu'id. That's going to bring to Simcha on Chola Mu'id is going to be permissible. Does Rabi Yudah order the Sivara? That's something that is painful now. That will bring to Simcha. Does he hold that that's permissible? We learned the Masjid Abu Dazara. There the Gemara is discussing over there a subject like this. Three days before the holiday of the Goyim, you're not allowed to transact with them. Why? Because if you're going to do transaction with them, you're going to make, they're going to make money. They're going to give the credit to the Abu Dazara. They're going to say, look, the holiday is coming, and they're going to thank their uh, Abu Dazara. So you cannot transact with them three days before. In the end, the holidays. So it says, "V'atena we learn in the Mishnah, the Biuda Omer Nifraim Men. Let's say a goy owes you a debt. He owes you money. You could let him pay you three, even three days before the holiday. Why? Because that causes him agony. Nobody wants to pay a debt, and therefore he's suffering. He's not gonna. It's not gonna come to Simha. Amru lo. So they told the Biuda. That's the Biuda's opinion." You're allowed to receive a debt from a goy because it causes him pain. It's not gonna, he's not going to come to thank his God. Amru lo, so the rabbi said, no sir. Yeah, he might be suffering now when he has to pay the debt, but you know what? If he pays the debt, he feels good. That what? It's all for him. He's clean. And then what's going to happen? He's going to come to thank his God that he's debt free. So therefore, what do you see in this Gemara? Rabbi Yudad does not hold of the opinion that says that a tsa'ar leads to simcha. Which means when it came to Hulam 
What did the Biyuda say? She could put the depilatory on, because even though she's mitzahed herself now, but wow, when she takes it off, it's going to lead to simcha. So he says, something that's sad, that leads to simcha, is permissible. Right? For the Gabir, because it brings to simcha. But over here, when it came to the Goy, he's suffering now. You're right, but so why should we move to, 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 to let the guy pay you back? Because he's in, right now he's in agony because he has to pay the debt. Yeah, but what are you? Rabbi Yudah, you hold that an agony that leads to samha is considered samha. So the counter to be a suit according to you. Because bottom line, when he pays the debt, he's going to get samha a day later. He's going to be happy he paid his debt. And therefore, it should be a suit. In the same way you said by Hola Mu'ed, that a tsar that leads to samha is significant, and therefore it's mutar on Hola Mu'ed, it should be a suit for that reason. When it comes to the debt, to, be, to receive a debt, even though he's suffering now to pay it, but it's going to lead to samha. That's the same samha. Don't ask a question. When it comes to Hulam Mu'id, all the laws of Hulam work with that Sivara. That it's difficult now, but it brings Simcha later. Which means, for example, are you allowed to cook on Hulam Mu'id? Yes. Now, even though the cooking on the Hulam right now, it's a burden. When you're cooking, it's sad. You have to toil yourself. But what? It's a tsa'a that leads to sabha, which means Holomoyed is a special rule. Holomoyed, we're going to give that dispensation of a tsa'a that leads to sabha is mutar, but only by Holomoyed, because all the halakot of Holomoyed of the holiday work with that sabha. Cooking, cooking on Yom Tov, mutar? Yes, even though it's tsa'a now when you're cooking. It's a tsa'a that leads to sabha. But don't apply this to every other. Case, which means by paying a debt, you're right. Even though he's beside himself now, he's going to be happy later. We don't use that sevara. We only use that sevara by the mu'ed. Because you see the whole heter of melachar, it works with that sevara. But don't use it by the case of Abu Dazara. Therefore, according to this answer, the Buddha is saying it's only a Hola Mu'ed Sevara. It's not a Sevara that you say outside. And therefore, don't let the, therefore let the guy pay you back three days before the holiday. Why? Because he's, uh, he's Bitsa'ad. I don't care if he's going to come happy later on. That, does, that Sevara is not said by uh, Abu Dazara. It's only said by Hola Mu'ed. Because all the laws of the Mu'ed are working with that Sevara. Then you suffer now by cooking, for example, and then uh, you have some more later. Ravina Amar. Second answer. A kuti, when it comes back to paying a debt, he's always upset. He never gets happy. Which means he's never going to get to the stage and say, you know what, I'm happy, I'm debt free. The kuti, in his brain, he's thinking, I'm going to get out of it somehow. He never has intention to pay the debt back. So when he has to finally pay back, he's upset. Three days later, he's not going to say, wow, I'm debt free. Three days later, he's going to be agonizing more. So I don't have to pay this guy back. And therefore, it's not going to bring this up. Which is according to this answer, really, we would say it by Abu Dazara. But it's not true. If the case was that we'd be happy later on, we wouldn't let you take a payment within three days of the holiday because you'd take his God. But he's never going to be happy. So therefore, the Biyuda says you can accept it. Amar Biyuda. Benot says she the Pirkan. Let's say a girl, Jewish girl, she reached puberty. Meaning she starts growing hair. But she did not reach the age of puberty yet. Which means she's, she's uh, maturing early. Now it was embarrassing for a girl that premature that hair on her body. After she gets to 12 years old, it's normal. This girl, let's say, 8 years old. So she started to get hair on her body, so she's embarrassed that she has the hair on her body. So they would, they would take it to pillatory. It's not a cholamorid. 
This is in general. Yeah. And they would they get the hair off. So what would they do? Aniyot otam besid. The poor girls, they can only afford limestone. Limestone's cheap. So they would put the lime on their, uh, not the stone, the lime. They would put the lime on their uh, bodies and that would take off the hair. Ashirot toflot otan besodet. The rich girls, they would use a certain type of fine flour that would also serve the same uh, way. Melachim beshemen amor. But the uh, daughters of the, princes, of the princes of the kings, they would use a special type of oil, shemen amor they would call it, the myrrh oil. We see by Esther and Malka and Megillat Esther, Shisha Odashim, Beshem and Amor. Six months they would uh, put this special type of oil on the body. Why? Because it makes the body first smooth and it makes it shiny and it takes off all the hair. My Shem and Amor. What is the Shem and Amor? Ravuna Barqaya Amar Satchat. It's called Satchat. What is Satchat? So the Gemara says, It's shemen zayit, it's olive oil that did not reach yet uh, a third of its of its uh, ripeness, and therefore it seems it's still bitter, it's still very very strong. But therefore, this olive oil has the ability to actually take off the hair. Tanya he said, okay, Shemin Zayit, and then I bring a Shlish, he calls it Ampikinun. That's the name of it. Why would they put it on their flesh, their skin? First of all, it causes the Se'ar to, to go off. It's depilatory, it takes off the hair. And it makes the skin beautiful. It makes it smooth and nice. Comes the Gemara and says... Rabbi Bai Havale Barta. Rabbi Bai had a daughter. Tafla Ever Ever. So he put this uh, seed on her, uh, but one limited time. It's very strong. He can't put it on over the whole body. Burns through the body. So he did it one limited time. Shakal Dalid It made her so beautiful that when he married her off, the Hatan was willing to pay 400 zoos. As a dowry, in order to marry uh, the daughter of Rabbi Bai, they're saying, which means it was it worked. Which means this uh, the pillow made the skin so beautiful, he was able to fetch four hundred zuzfa. There was a kuti that lived in the neighborhood of Rabbi Bai. He also had a daughter. He put the pillow all over her body in one shot. Umeta, and she died as a result of it. Amar, he said, Katla bibai liberty. He says, Bibai killed my daughter. Which means, uh, he blames it on the Bibai, but it's wrong. The Bibai did it responsibly. Who told you to go put the, 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 the seed on, uh, on, the, on the whole body? So therefore, you, you didn't follow the instructions. You didn't follow the directions. So therefore, he gave away. Bibai killed my daughter. He's following. And then he did it the wrong way, and then his daughter died. Amar of Nahman. Rabbi Bai Rabbi Bai himself that drank a lot of beer, Ba'yan Binte Tafla. That caused his children to be very hairy. Because the drinking of the the beer causes the hair. So therefore they needed this uh, this procedure. Anan de Los Shatina and but us we don't drink uh, 
too much beer, tafla. Our daughters do not need this depilatory. That she says on the bottom, the shechar megadel asear umeabe etabasar. The beer causes the sear to grow and causes the person to become wide. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.